computer. Are we recording? <laughs> Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Welcome everyone to Tech Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Kirk. I'm your other host, Jenny Kessler. Gosh, guys, we're so excited to be back talking to you. It's been a little break. There's been some life things going on. Um, yeah. 2021 hasn't been um, much easier than 2020 was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Everything> the <laughs> <laughs> it is a little better because it feels like we're moving into recovery mode and not like time to just sort of hunker down yeah yeah there's a bit of recovery um, mode going on people are able to do some things we're hunkering up a little hunkering bit, up maybe. <laughs> cocooning out i'm not sure how yeah. <laughs> yeah public cocooning i'm not sure i mean it seems like because you're like self-cocooning if you're at your house right but then is it like <laughs> If you keep External your cocoon, cocoon on, you go to work. <laughs> cocoon on? I'm not sure what that's... What, what. Well, I feel like we're all going to carry with us a little psychological cocoon. That's for sure. we get back to the office. A little chrysalis that we can crawl inside. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a turtle shell. Um, well, I was thinking more like the pods from Spinal Tap mm. in the one section, Rock and Roll Creation when they are trying to get out of the pods or the bass player is stuck in the pod. Okay. Two other guys here are get out of the pods for the whole song. He's stuck in the pod, banging on it. And the roadie's banging on the back of it with a hammer. And it finally opens at the end of the song while the other two get back in the pod. And then he tries to jump back in and gets his bass caught and then <laughs> in the pod and that sort of thing as well. Ooh, I like my idea of a turtle shell better. <laughs> I think that's better. Yeah. Uh, and now I, I see the problems behind mine and well, I, I apologize for those. No, it's okay. And not just any turtle shell, but like like a cartoon one with a little couch. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Just a yeah. little place that you can go be by yourself while you're out among people. Would it be more like a like a chase lounge inside a there? Fainting couch. Maybe? Fainting couch. There we are. Devon. <laughs> Devon. That's a great word. Oh, <laughs> it just makes you immediately think of like, you know, thousand and one nights and stuff like that. So, with your embroidered Devon. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason I thought you said a thousand and one and we're going to say a space odyssey. Uh, oh that... no, no, that would have been a prequel. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Just trying to <laughs> trying to match up those timelines there. Yeah. Um, how would they have well, gotten to space in one thousand one? Good question. It's a that's a good question, Jeff. And why aren't we asking? They could have done it, but I think they could have done it with time travel, which happens to be at the crux of what we're going to talk about today. True, but you know. Just because it was old timey doesn't mean aliens did it. Like the pyramids, 
no, no. Uh, yeah, I hope, hopefully I wasn't implying that. I was thinking. Oh, more. no, I just went there. Uh, okay, you just went there. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, what, what we're talking about today is, I think, one of, one of my favorite of the original series movies. I think maybe one of my favorite of the movies of Star yeah, Trek. For sure. Like, it is just, I just love so many parts of it. And we get to talk about it with y'all tonight. So we're really excited about that. That movie is Star Trek for the voyage yes. home. Um, I thought. Star yeah, Trek four, more like Star Trek one, number one. As in, in number four hearts. in the series, number one in our hearts. Jess. There you go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Um, and so I thought we could do a quick, maybe synopsis and then mm-hmm. Jenny, you could react to my synopsis. How does that sound? That and sounds like how human beings act when they talk to each other. <laughs> did you it's have like a, a little, conversation. Weird. Did you, have, did you have a little LDS before we got started? I, was, I, I did a little bit of LDS <laughs> at, at Berkeley. Um, yeah. Um, so in Star Trek four, mm. the crew, um, and team and and galaxy and Star Trek universe are immediately coming off the heels of the shocking revelation that Spock is alive again. Yes, they, quite they the cliffhanger. Found, they found him in in Star Trek Three, growing rapidly. Yeah, which <laughs> on the, on the planet, which was weird. Considering spoiler the, alert, though, uh, the movie's called Search for Spock, so I guess we just told them. He got found. I mean, I don't know if spoilers apply to a movie that was released in 84. Um, in 1984. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give us a break on that one. Okay. Um, at least me. I'll give I'll myself. allow it. Okay. Well, I was giving you a break sort of ostensibly, but I don't have to if you don't want to accept a break. <laughs> well, break me up a piece of whatever it was you were going to say next. I will. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So they start encountering this weird like disturbance, not in the force, but it has force implications because it is draining all the power from all of their ships and power supplies. And they're not sure how to communicate with it. And they're not sure what it is or where it came from. Um, They can't break through to it. It's like, you know, it's like that guy walking down the street with his headphones on that yeah. just, just knocks over everyone's garbage cans and <laughs> you can't like he's so immersed in his in his what he's listened to that he doesn't hear you trying to tell him to stop knocking over trash cans. Or um, your garden variety two-year-old. Yeah, that's yeah. a good analogy too. Mm-hmm. Um, except they, they occasionally look up <laughs> for approval, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, in this case, that's not gonna happen in there. Um, so the, this, this thing, for lack of a better word, we could call it a probe. mega probe. It's huge, right? Well, it's like, yeah, I think it's, um, they, they do call it a probe, I believe. <clears throat> yeah. And it also, it looks like a giant Tootsie Roll. It, it really does. It kind of looks like a sweaty Tootsie Roll at Stand- times. Oh God. <laughs> like it's been sitting in the Ugh. sun for a few minutes after it's been unwrapped. <laughs> like maybe somebody licked it already yeah maybe pre-licked by that, by that two-year-old that was running around the house kids so, 
and it it of course as it as it is supposed to do goes to earth because where is a big sweaty tootsie roll probe gonna go right in the star trek universe it's gonna go to earth yeah let's talk about that probe for a second a little bit more like technically like i've always wondered because you don't meet the aliens behind this this team we never meet them the entire movie yeah and and it's also like so simplistic of a ship design like it is a it's a barrel (laughs) it's a (laughs) it's it's just a a tootsie roll on a on a ship like standing up on a ship and then it's it's really they're probing the oceans pretty hard like so i don't know it just seems like the um aliens a very specific need for a very large thing seemed a little bit like overkill yeah it did um but at the same time we don't understand alien architectural habits Right. So maybe to travel the rigors of space, it maybe needs to be gigantic. True. Um, yeah. And also, if you think of just a general of the look of spaceships in the 83, 84, something yep. like that. Um, like now they're more sort of, there's almost a sleekness and like laciness yeah. to it. And, and then it was just like monolithic uh, <laughs> hunks of things. Yeah. Space Tootsie Roll. Yeah, <laughs> um, that could have been helpful for a long voyage if they needed to eat, and they right. ran out of supplies. They could just start eating the ship. Um, hopefully, it's <laughs> hopefully it's built up on the inside a little bit, so they're not going to get take away the integrity of it. But yeah, yeah. maybe there's a hot dog in the middle. Could be, Something. or maybe it's one of those filled, you know, like the flavored tootsie rolls that has mm. like the the taffy filling on the inside. Yeah. Could be. It could be. Who knows. Who knows? But they are pounding Earth. They are pounding it hard. Um, as soon as it like, as soon as they start getting close, you start seeing lightning stuff. Yeah. In the atmosphere. And there's earthquakes. Earthquakes. There's a massive amount of fog. Um, yeah. Even for San Francisco, it's a massive amount of fog. Right. I lived there, Jenny, for fourteen years, and yeah. um, we got fog a lot, but. That was like next level fog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was, it was like churning like, the oceans up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you're you're on Earth and it's the 23rd century. Yep. And <laughs> sorry, I just uh, taking a guess. You had to on do that. some math there for a second. Yeah. Twenty-third <laughs> century. Third, I believe it's third, and they're. Starfleet headquarters, Federation yep. headquarters, Starfleet headquarters, Starfleet headquarters. Yeah, and um, I lost my train of thought now. But no, just it's rare that that we get to see them on Earth. It is, um, and it, it kind of is. It's interesting when I was when I was getting some of the source material for this was to think about like where did some of the original script come from? Mm-hmm. And originally they had even talked about the movie being like a prequel. Um, type of thing where Kirk and Spock meet at the Academy, which is interesting because that's later on sort of got developed in mm-hmm. the later Star Trek movies. Yeah. J.J. Uh, Abrams and that, and that crew. But yeah, they, they only tend to reference small pieces of their friendship. Or yeah. Friendship. Yeah. So it, 
in the lore and especially again in the novels which i've read that i'm going to continue to malign you about that you have read um they mentioned starfleet um, academy and headquarters being in san francisco quite a bit in there yeah. so <laughs> yeah. and in our and in our in i I think our shared uh joy of star trek voyager um when they finally arrive back to earth and they fly the voyager over the bay you know that's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of tie back to that area there oh voyager also goes to Canton, ohio for an episode it does yeah weirdly (laughs) awesome one writer from canton (laughs) yeah so, I should know his name. Oh, but you name. don't. So. Okay. Um, so yeah, so they're at their the the whole earth basically is shutting down. Um, they they start telling people like to get away from Earth. Don't don't try to fly here. Um, it's kind of becoming a pandemic zone <laughs> because there's there's no like they're losing atmosphere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's bad. Power. It's bad news. Mm. Um, which is when Kirk is trying to leave Vulcan, right? Because he's been summoned back for his court-martial. Well, okay, here we're going to go back. and mm. He's being court-martialed because he stole the... Um, Genesis. He stole the Genesis probe, and he also stole the Excelsior Starship to go get the Genesis probe. Yeah, yeah. That was probably number one. Charge. There's like one and then two. And the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are a couple a couple things wrong, a couple problems there. Yeah, I think, and then and then blowing up the Enterprise that didn't belong to him. Yeah, that's also probably a problem. I'm thinking. Yeah, well, boys will be boys, I guess. Yeah, you know. he was Admiral acting like a school, wasn't he? He was um, until until the you know spoiler at the end of this movie when they when they reduce him in rank. Yeah. But um, which is, think, you know, what he always wanted all along. It is. It's not like yes. that was like a. I was like, Oops. oh, please don't throw me in the briar patch. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe Star Trek Three was self sabotage. I think it was. I think that's a good way to 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 label that. Uh, it's like, hey, how can I get back to being a captain? Oh, yeah. I can. I know how I can do this. I can yeah. start to disobey <laughs> orders and steal starships. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think that wasn't the case. I think he was doing what he would do as a captain. I think you're right. And then so it was more fitting for his rank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they are also hearing this probe at the same time. They're thinking, what is making this sound? And for some reason, they are able to get Yahura to like reprocess the signal. Right. Oh, well. Yeah, on a Klingon bird of prey. On a Klingon bird of prey, which I'm sure she's really familiar with all those instruments. Well, and they were they left because they had to take a ship, right? They took a bird of prey because everything else got blown up. And they renamed it, by the way. The yes, HMS the mutant Bounty. or Bounty, yes. Yeah. Bounty. Yeah. Bounty. Yes. Yeah. Quicker picker upper. <laughs> Thicker, quicker, picker upper. One could one could make an argument that it was a quicker picker upper. It did that, and thicker. Yeah, I think, in a lot of ways. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they uh, they stole the, the the well they didn't they they stole I guess we'll we'll, we'll give them some leeway they, they commissioned they it. salvaged it yeah that's it? more yeah. like it yeah salvaged um, flew it to Earth to go to their court martial with with Spock on the. Mm-hmm. 
Fox says, I think this sounds like a humpback whale. Right. Well, he, uh, he, he's like, hmm, and gives a little instructions for tweaking the thing. Yep. He gives some instructions, some density patterns and stuff like that. And then he like re- goes off, leaves the little bridge and goes into this other room. It looked like mm-hmm. a hallway, but I'm sure it wasn't. And is like watching this terminal readout and it settles on a whale. And you're like, what? Yeah, a humpback whale. Humpback whale. And here's which, the, oh, go ahead. I was going to say which of, of particular interest in the, like in the, the Bay Area in California, we, we, we would see them on a frequent basis out there, so. Yeah. And just to go backstage a little bit here, um, Leonard Nimoy wrote this movie. I think him he, and another dude. Um, well, Nicholas Meyer helped him with yeah. the script too. And, and he directed it? He directed too. it, yeah. And what, like, I love Spock. Don't get me wrong. But this movie is such a, like, he is a little deus ex machina walking around. Yeah. He, like, he really nobody, could, nobody in the whole Starfleet headquarters could have thought, whoa, I wonder what it sounds like underwater. Like, they're targeting the water, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to figure that part out. Like, uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, okay, humans are dummies. I get it compared yeah. to Vulcans, but I think anybody on the on the Enterprise crew could have put that together. Like, and especially anybody at Starfleet headquarters. Well, you'd think that there's more than just the five people at Starfleet headquarters that they show in the one shot of the control room, yeah. right? Majel like, Barrett was there. Did you was. see her? I did. Yeah, yeah. she's there because Roddenberry was, you know, was hunkering mm. around the set, so. Oh, she's also lovely. <laughs> she's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd think that one of those five, mm-hmm. if not more, there was a <laughs> like, bunch the entire, of- like, like the entire science department. Of yeah. The- like come on and everybody's like wow blow my mind Spock you're so brilliant without like how did you figure that out dude like yeah yeah. um you just to be clear this is reborn Spock without all of the memories I guess are gone some of the memories are gone yeah yeah because he was maybe able to get some back from personal logs I guess I don't know and when he when he um he had what he retained from giving his katra to mccoy right that's what it was that's what it was and it puts i'll tell you what it puts a real chink in the old uh bromance between it kirk and really spock does. oh it sets that relationship back like, way back because they're not they're not like jim and spock yeah no, it's captain or actually it's admiral right he's he yeah most of the time yeah, yeah. It's just, but if you, as you watch the movie and like, it, it never occurred to me until this last watching when I was kind of like looking for the tech and preparing for this and and an analytical analytical mode because I watched this movie for like comfort <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It's like it's such a fun place to be. So this is the first time I've really turned a critical eye toward it, and I was like. Well, that's, that was one of my points. That was one of my points was about the fun part, right? Yeah. So you've got Spock being ultra Spock right mm-hmm. now. But the rest of the movie, 
like there's no you know like you, like you said earlier we don't see the aliens right? we never meet there's not a bad guy in this movie there's sort of a malevolent presence with the there probe. is a bad guy and it's called time oh snap <laughs> also there's a bad guy called whale hunting boat yeah but those guys are just i don't know and other bad guy unempathetic bureaucrat at the whale the cetacean center he's more of just a schmo yeah you know but there's somebody at the next level up that's like all business not about whale babies yeah yeah it's more than likely is some kind of shadow figure running, you know, uh, part of the Japanese triads. So uh. yes. <laughs> At any rate, because Spock. of San Francisco. So, yeah. but yeah, but it's Spock, and the whole movie, and even the soundtrack, like the score, is very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. So the there's opening, a contrast yeah. there, you know, yeah. between between that sort of like, how do you feel? I don't have any feelings, Spock. Mm-hmm to like Chekhov's escape from the, you know, from the brig in the, you know, the nuclear USS Enterprise. It's, it's like ripped from the score of Home Alone. It's, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, in fact, the, the opening is very Christmassy. It is. Yeah, you're right. It, it's, it's totally like that. Um, it, it's such a weird, I don't know. It's just such a weird little, weird little thing to compare between those two in there um yeah so uh so they they decide that it's a humpback whale is what can hear this sound and interpret it right <clears throat> and of course there's no humpback whales on earth at that point because earthlings are bad and they killed all the whales mm-hmm. so they have it was, to. it's it's quite a edgy smack in the face oh. by the 80s well, it, save the whales people wasn't it even at the beginning of the movie though where they say they dedicated the movie to the Challenger crew. I mean, like, yeah. there's a whole bunch of little nods. Oh, and I, and that, went, that one meant a lot to me because I remember yeah. watching that on TV, watching the launch and then watching it oh, yeah. go up and go wrong. And yeah. like the, at school, and all the teachers suddenly had to like shut off all the TVs, and principals came like to all the rooms and were trying to talk to us about it and that kind of stuff. Ugh. So there was so many nods in that movie. <laughs> like, yeah, there was there were a few. Um, so they they know they need to go back in time. They need to go back yeah. to when they can find some humpback whales. Right. So how are they going to do that, Jeff? What kind of tech are they going to use? Warp drive. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the sun. And the sun, which I don't know. Do we count that as tech? I think we should count as tech. Well, because it's, it's compared to like what global annihilation of nuclear weapons on a scale of three billion right sure constant nuclear explosions going off the sun is a incandescent gas uh, oh yeah gigantic nuclear plant no furnace furnace it's been a while. <clears throat> so they slingshot around the sun yeah by going into its gravitational field Yes, yes, wow. I, I'm really, I accept that explanation as a piece of science fiction, but I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the physics behind it. 
I mean, and, they've and I trust that before, there is right? some because they they've they use this. I've seen the slingshot maneuver not even in Star Trek, outside of other. Yeah, in other things, and in Star Trek, it's been yeah. several times, um, to the point of like, again, why wouldn't have Starfleet have said something like, maybe we could just slingshot around the sun and go find some whales, or maybe we can go into Area Fifty One and get our time machine. Like, you know, we do that too. We've, we've got um, one. You all know it. I mean, right? it wouldn't even take that long to get there since they could beam there. <laughs> Starfleet headquarters. Come on. <laughs> Resources of the future. In obviously, the future. Obviously, there's some uh, miscommunications going on. <laughs> so, so they slingshot around the sun. All the earthlings weird, weren't so dumb. They have a weird dream sequence. Mm. Oh, yeah. With. Um, I read uh, in that retrospective that I mentioned, Jenny, they talked about the computer modeling that they needed to do that scene in 1986. Yeah. Took two weeks to render that 30 second clip. I think I can do that right now on my Mac. <laughs> I think I've got an app on my phone that can do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, like, Basically, fog, and then there's their heads coming up. And yep, they scanned shape. everyone's heads, they scanned all the actors' heads, and then they Who moved them. Oh, the a, a, a company, yeah, yeah. cyberware. This, is what they were is called. This the work of the guys in the probe. Could have been, maybe. Mm. Or is that just how we like? Maybe. It, in order to time travel, you must go through a psychedelic experience. Well, LDS was mentioned. Oh, so. sure. <laughs> Don't forget about that. Um, yeah. So, of course, they wake up, and mm -hmm. uh, where are we? It looks like we are at Earth. Great, but what year? <laughs> did, we, did we do the right calculations? Because yeah. suddenly, you know, Spock's calculations are questionable. And then Scotty declares, Captain, there be whales here. You can hear them. Yeah. Yeah. So they go, they land in, in uh, Golden Gate Park, which is completely impractical um, to find a place in Golden Gate Park that doesn't have any people in it. Right. I've been there. It could be, you know what, though, in the 80s, I mean, there was a lot of serial killers. So you maybe they went to the serial killer patch? Well, a place where there was <laughs> recently a serial killing where people were like, I'm going to buy there. It's serial killer. Kind of like what happens to malls if there's like a really bad mm, crime yeah. at a mall and the mall kind of goes downhill. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to one of ours because the Detroit boys picked it out as a territory. Ooh, fun. Michigan, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, right. Uncivilized. Um, Before we go too far into our journey into the future, I did want to point out that they're in the middle of their uh, court martial or something, are they not? Before they're, they they're flying to their court martial, yeah. Like they had started the proceedings. Because yes. the Klingon consulate had been there, and and they were flying back to start to answer charges. Right, and I do believe in that chamber, there is a PowerPoint going on in the background. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> oh, so glad it, it predates PowerPoint. I don't predates I mean, predates and also um, points to the fact that PowerPoint will be around three centuries from now. <laughs> yeah. Did you think you were depressed when you first hit play? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? 
Star Trek proves that Microsoft is still around mm. <laughs> in the 23rd century. <laughs> but there, the, the dude that was explaining their crimes, yep. like, uh, nine violations of Star Trek regulations. Yes. Like behind him is like pictures of the devastation kind of flashing yep. and, and I don't know. Yep. I was yeah. kind of thinking most of the people in the room were like, who would a crisis we can get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> If only all meetings could be rescued, so. Oh, okay. Well, we got to leave. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> man. Oh, they're all looking for whales. Uh, I guess we'll I mean, put that in a parking lot and we'll come back to. <laughs> let's, let's, take a, let's take a beat and, and sit back. And, uh... Yeah, I love that, Jenny. Thank you for coming that out. Um, yeah, so they, they, uh, they made it to San Francisco in the 80s, which is yes. a, brilliant place yes um having been there and living there at that time i can tell you <coughs> it was quite remarkable to see that on screen um captured so well because they did a bunch of location shooting and stuff like that which was really awesome yeah oh yeah um and so and they're like, in san francisco and they're walking around as a group right <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you look like a bunch of cadets i, I love that <laughs> He gets a hundred dollars <coughs> and hands them all, I guess, twenty. Yeah, he sells his glasses because he's gonna get them back. That's, I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. Uh -uh. But I don't know. Um, so they uh they have to go find the whales now. So they have got the teams to one person, one team's finding the whales, one team is building the transparent aluminum that they're gonna need. <laughs> And the other yeah. team is looking for nuclear power. You got yes. three three very targeted teams. I really like the way that played out. If I did too. I especially liked purposes. the fact that you got to see the whole crew get to do stuff. Yeah. That was really cool. Well, just the fact that somebody made a decision and then people did stuff afterwards, it's it's pretty like, great. Shifts you little shivers. Yeah. Like, um, Maybe you, all... you, and you do that. You do, you do that. I'm gonna do this with that, and then we'll meet back here and stand we'll your radio. Here. Yeah. Like, Nobody had to be cajoled or bought flowers or. Yeah. You know, they, all just to... went, they all just yeah. did it. Yeah, they didn't have to say like, "Why are we doing this?" Like, <laughs> this is the benefit was... of a crew with a mission. Like, crew here. with a mission and a planet in complete crisis. I think. Helps yeah. With some of that too, you know. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just love how they all break out and go do these things. Um, yeah. And uh, with like zero thought behind the teams to do them. Uh, except, <laughs> that, except for like Scotty, they needed to have him be in charge of like how to build this thing. Yeah. Because he's an engineer. But then let's send the Russian guy <laughs> to go find <laughs> nuclear power That's... in the 80s in California. <laughs> that's leonard nimoy being cheeky it was it, and it and it so works he'd be like wouldn't it be funny if we just assumed it'd be fine for a russian you know like this is this it, a but it, it works so well i just love it you know because then <laughs> it's like there is no other way for it to be um that it could have been i think yeah. it had to be that you know it was a really interesting like i will give it to nimoy it's very um nice like kind of jab at the present and a peek at what you could be like where like 
200 years from now, Russians are on our team. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, Yeah, they will be very soon, right? Yeah, because, um, well, were they? <laughs> what happened? I think they kind of were. At, I mean, like, that was the end of the Cold War, right? Oh, that's like more like 89, right? Mm, yeah, I guess when you're right. When the wall fell down, this is like, we're deep in the... We're still in the red scare, kind yeah. of, or at least the You're tail right. end of it. And I thought about that. Yeah, so all the movies at the time were like Russian spies, Russians wanting to defect. Well, yeah, to wasn't the US. that like like Red Dawn? Where yeah, the, yeah. They attack a small town in the middle of nowhere, something like that. Like there was a that was sort of the vibe, and this this idea it seems corny now, but like if you put yourself in that situation where it's like people that you think are the mortal enemy and some people watching watching maybe even like a major evil you know yeah you know just the, the exposure to getting people you wouldn't ordinarily see in heroic roles just is it's always been something star trek does very very well you know what i would think i would like to see and i'll have to look this up i'd like to see how this movie was received in russia You know, like, I'm just, it's its just a curious thing for me to think about, like, yeah, we see it from our perspective, because it's easy, but for us, it was weird at the time, right, for Pavel Chekhov to be looking for the nuclear devices in Alameda at the Navy shipyard, <laughs> like, whoa, you can't let, no, you can't have that happen, right? <laughs> like, sounding like Boris, you know, for yeah. Boris and Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just interested to I, I just wonder I'm, I'll have to do some research yeah. on that it's just the complete absence of that kind of prejudice yeah. in a set of people yeah and it wasn't played great. it wasn't played to be like you know funny espionage type stuff either it was just he was on a mission to go find nuclear <laughs> particles to recharge yeah. the dilithium crystals now I would argue now that, that Spock should have known better yeah again too who seems to be steeped in 20th century it's always the people that go back in time are always like oh i always love the 80s i read you know they're yeah. like that's their buff space yeah but yeah. paris and you know paris <laughs> yeah just i don't know it's just it's speed of plot kind of thing it is so they got their their teams um scotty and and Scotty and McCoy mm. is a pairing that I wish we would have seen more in the original series. Yeah. Because gosh darn it, they played off each other so well. Like, yeah, they did. And regardless that like Bones now looks like someone's Nana, <laughs> especially in like a leisure suit. Yeah, those wearing. were some weird costumes. <laughs> Oof. But, Kirk uh, had that sort of like Chinese fan shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've moved away from the white quilted neck that's too bad piece. i thought that was a sharp looking uniform the the, the bristol collar they look like a bunch like are, i'm talking about the big they look like gauze that you put in your oh no up. i'm like, sorry i was thinking white. of the i was thinking of the bristol the thick bristol collar they had in the one wrath of khan uniforms so I'm talking about the white, like snow bunny turtleneck yeah, that, looking. 
Jolly. Yeah. Okay. It's a different one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, far. Yep. Uh, f- fog? Is that what fog? No, I said we're far <laughs> from where I think we were trying to go, which you were trying to do a brief synopsis, but and I think I'm, we're just then get we're just into it. I'm not able to get it get it brief. I'm sorry. No, um, I can't stop briefly. Of course, briefly from here, they uh, they they all do their missions. Um, Kirk yes. finds Kirk finds the girl from Seventh Heaven, and she's in charge of whales. And uh, <laughs> oh, is that what she was from? Yeah, I, I knew she was big in something, but I couldn't remember what. I only remember her from Peggy Sue Got Married. Ah, she was in that too. Yeah, yeah. Catherine Hicks. Yeah. Um, so brassy, broad, isn't she? Oh, she is, man. She's she's uh, she didn't pull any punches Mm-mm. in there. And uh, before we go too far from the, the uniform garb, I did have a note that I wanted to share with you. That I said I don't like casual crew Friday. Which was yeah. like their casual style that they were wearing. No, no. Yeah. I, no. I think that needs to not be a thing. It's, yeah. it's kind of like in the office episodes when they when they kind of have that montage of why Casual Friday was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those. Oof. Yeah, it's like, no, Mer- it's like Meredith with the tube top. You yeah. know, no, we don't need to do this any longer. That's not good. Yeah, they're just like I don't know, bell bottom, high bell bottom pants and. Yeah. Fold open collars and no, we don't need that. But Um, so you know, in 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 short in short, in short, they they um they find whales. They 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 find a way to get the whales onto the ship. Yes. Which is weird. They um well the I have a problem with I I will say uncommon. I have a problem with Scotty giving the formula for transferring oh, yes. to the guy from the 80s. This, I love that scene. I, I love, love, it's a love that scene. It's a Lucy sketch. It's amazing. <laughs> like Bones is Lucy and yes. Scotty's Ethel. It, it is that. It is completely that. <sighs> I love that scene so yeah. much. And I still have a problem with him giving the formula. <laughs> Yeah, it's that. That's a really big ethical question that the script just asks you to set aside. It, it does. It, it it makes you. And I mean, like, and they voice it. Well, how do you know he didn't discover it? Uh, <laughs> good enough. I guess. <laughs> uh, put in the context of, it's gonna have to be good enough, or else Earth is gone. So you know what I mean. Like, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are very quickly abandoning all protocols around. Well, and I guess the, at this point, like they don't know, care, right? They're yeah. in the court martial anyway. So what's another charge? <laughs> and I think they know if they are successful, they're going to get off scot-free anyway. Mostly, yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's they saw the end of the script. It's just um, little rascals. So they get their, they get their whales, they get their their transparent aluminum to hold the whales they get the nuclear power and they rescue Chekhov meanwhile Bones has his lovely rant in the hospital about 20th century medicine oh yes which I love it's so great it he really like embodied a doctor in that moment he did it was great to see it because it wasn't just it wasn't just the actor kind of like doing his part to sound like a doctor like he actually 
felt like a doctor. Yeah. Barbary. <laughs> he was like the perfect mixture. What I really love about doctors in general, like this mixture of um, arrogance and altruism like, yeah. together. It's really powerful. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was so good. It was just perfect. Um, I love that part of that. Like, again, it got to see McCoy step out and do something like that. He owned that that whole sequence. Yeah. It was so cool to see that in there. Yeah. Um, I wonder, too, like, if you think about the meta of this, like, the, each, they're all friends, and they each got to shine. Like, Nimoy gave them yeah. each space to shine. Yeah. Which means he's a generous director creator right like there had been bad blood between these people in real life prior to this or and amongst this even yeah um but they were but they were still able to kind of put some of that down and give each other a space which i think is really cool it's really a super like healing move to make and why why this movie is so lovable I mean, it, you almost feel like you're invited into that, the friendship of those actors. Yeah. As well as the sort of the friendship that I cast. It's, yeah, you, you get to feel that movie for sure, like cements the crew. Yeah. Like there is no other, like at it that point. It locked down canon. Yeah. Like that is the crew. Yeah. And you don't mess with that crew because they're gonna they they might have problems. It's like when you when you know you and your brother are fighting. Um, I don't have a brother. <laughs> well, pretend that you had a brother. Pretend. Okay. You know I'm your brother, Jenny. He's bald. Okay. He has glasses. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> glasses. There you are. Um, and you you fight you you just do, um, and you have good fights, in, mm. because you fight. But then someone else comes in and starts to make fun of you. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat that guy up because yeah. you don't mess with my sister, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Only I can call her a jerk. You can't. You can't. And I'm gonna show you why you can't. It's gonna be five reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Give me two hits. I hit you, you hit the floor. <laughs> You're gonna meet my two advocates. <laughs> <laughs> Cagney and Lacey. I was going to say HR Puffin stuff <laughs> and the Terminator. <laughs> I don't know. Can I get a different brother? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, you don't mess with that crew. Like no. that, that they, became, <coughs> they became more of Star Trek than anything at that point. Like it was, yeah. it was about the adventure and the opera. Yes. The wagon but, train, but it was also the crew, their story. It is also their first sort of admission of age. Yeah. In a big way. Like, yeah. Yeah, this this movie is just a whole real love love letter from Nimoy to cast. I feel like. It really is. It is. Um it's like, hey, look what look what we've been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, here's something about each of you that I want you to be able to enjoy and yeah. want others to enjoy about you. And I know yeah. you well enough to know where you're gonna shine. Yeah. And I'm gonna put you there. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. In, in contrast great to any movie that Shatner directed, which I think followed like five or six. Five. Yeah. I think they could have stopped at four. They probably should have. Mm-hmm. 
because um, it was right after that that they started making next generation. Like they they should have stopped and yeah. let next generation kind of do its thing. Yeah, I think yeah. somebody might have wanted to one up that. I think so. Um, <laughs> so they get their whales. They have to make some more calculations to get back to Earth, twenty third century. Yeah, with whales and water in tow. And they have to do it. And this was the most of the most of the Nimoy like sort of ego that got into this movie um, where he's like, I've done the calculations, but it's, it's not hundred percent. Like I, it's a, it it's a guess. guess. And Bones is like, I'd take your guess over any other expert's opinion. I can't remember what he said, but it's like, Something uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, when did he when does when does bones become sweet talker this this spot never right that moment. I guess <laughs> only you know what he does it when when spock shows vulnerability and and when he admitted because to that's that his meeting, job guess, is, to, is to kind of point out the vulnerabilities yeah. of of both kirk and spock a lot of times right but when he sees it in spock he's he you could just see his heart melt a little yeah towards spock like I wanted to see your. I want to see the human side of you, and it's essentially a racist approach to their relationship. But it's old. Yeah, guy. it is. Um, that's okay though, because that's how they wrote it. Well, yeah, but if you think about like Enterprise and stuff, like Vulcans coming in and being very parental toward Earth. Yeah. That that sort of like oh, not everything. Like yeah. that might have lingered as part of the culture. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can see how that how that continued to kind of broach itself several times. So, but usually he gets satisfaction out of a jibe against Spock. But in that moment, he he, you know, was he softened quite a bit. Yeah. So, so they get back to Earth. They uh, release the whales into the water. Yes, and... it was quite quite. It's very dramatic. Uh, dramatic um, uh, underwater scene that I was I'm never prepared for. No. I forget about it. I, it always catches me by surprise. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that. It, it does. Every time I watch it. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this part. Ugh. It's very tense for yeah, a few minutes. Yeah. You think they're, you know, she hops on board with them and they're, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he throws that Shyamalan twist there. Uh, yeah. Um, and then the whales finally start talking. And yeah. the probe's like, <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> the whales are like, No fun, who does? <laughs> we we, you wouldn't believe it, man. We were back in 86, and now we're here. <laughs> <sighs> we were watching some Eddie Murphy movie, and now we're here. Where are we? <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Where's Eddie Murphy at? <laughs> oh boy, his stuff is problematic to rewatch. I will have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we're not doing an Eddie Murphy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, would, I yeah, no. I'm yeah. Good. Yeah. So they get back. We'll start talking. The probe says, Oh, okay. Hi. Here's your water back and your son. And <laughs> so you can yeah. have power. <laughs> And then they're like, whoopsie, our bad on all blowing up the ships and things. And they're like, sorry about Aw. that. Uh, here's a check. Yeah. And the <laughs> demotion to the role that you really want. 
that okay? You bad boys. Um, yeah, they go to their trial and uh, they get they get there. Well, you're all, um, you know, all of the charges are dropped except for one. You know, Kirk, you're going to be punished for your role. And you're going to be demoted to captain, um, which, of course, is like, oh, no, please. Uh, and uh, and they get their ship. Yes. And, of course, they're thinking garbage scow or freighter or, you know, bucket of bolts or or the Excelsior. Yeah. I guess. You know, Sulu is like, oh, I'm hoping for the Excelsior. Yeah, and I know you are, Sulu, because you want to fly the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he does eventually. I thought that was does, sort of a, yeah. a nod. He does get the chance. He does. Uh, which is great. And um, I love, and this is a very 80s move where she's like, oh, I just needed a ride. And you know, he's like, hey, can't we have a drink? And she's like, bye. Bye. I'm like, <laughs> like, you go, girl. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a great send off, you know. But the whole it, movie is just so fun. It like, is. The pace, the pace is quick. You don't you don't have these weird long, you know, like the super Megatron oh, uh, yeah. flyby of the Enterprise. It's oh. like 15 minutes long from the first Star Trek movie. You know, <laughs> you do get heads made of fog for five or ten minutes, which was more, yeah, like but, okay, uh, set at the down. time <laughs> at the time that would have been kind of cool. You know, I guess if you're a computer nerd, which well, I hello, <laughs> I'm kidding with you. <laughs> That's why when I saw it, I was like, okay. I mean, I maybe I'm projecting. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I just it, wanted to, to I wanted to know how to make that stuff. That's all. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's talk about the tech. Yeah. Because that's what we're here for. Isn't it, though? Well, that's what I'm here for. Okay. But I'm also here for our conversation because I sure. love being able to break these things down. So, it's been too long. Um, so, tech. Tech. That control room at Starfleet headquarters, mm-hmm. where you'd think they would have been able to say, maybe we should hear what this sounds like in other conditions. Oh, Still, yeah. That control room was pretty sweet. It was. And also, they referred to Nurse Chapel as Commander Chapel. Yes. So that was so the same was, person. She got, re- she got raised in rank. Yeah. <laughs> raised my rank. <laughs> <laughs> they did give her a desk job, though. Well, of course. Um, well, she left the Enterprise, so. <laughs> yeah. What's another post going to be after being on the Enterprise? Right. It's going to be boring, though. So. Oh, it was a pretty exciting day that day. That day was pretty the big. Pro, yeah. The day that music yeah. died. Um, there was PowerPoint of the future. The PowerPoint of the future, yes. Also, uh, hats. The, the, oh, the yeah. Vulcan hats. Did Vulcan we talk hats. about these in the past? I mean... They look we like cashews. What do I think of the Vulcan ship in um, First Contact? Oh, they, I think they might have had the cashew hats too. Uh, they had the they had the robe hoodie thing. Okay. Yeah, the red cashew hats. Those were. Those were special. It was Oompa Loompa esque. Yeah. You're right. And also, I mean, if we want to do a fashion report, oh, yes. you could always do. It's I part have of, notes. It's clothing, it's clothing technology, right? Yeah. Um, I think that the future 
is going to be a lot more comfortable than what we wear right now because it seemed like everyone's wearing robes <laughs> yeah oh yeah especially at the at the hearing i mean like it's like a cocktail party except for the crew everyone right. was in robes well the military is going to be wearing not the fashion of the day right I mean, that's true well they're, they're not stand, they're gonna stand apart military i mean they are. military yeah they are they're the exploratory branch with military jurisdiction. Yeah. Which is the only exploratory branch I want to be a part of. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it still sounded great. Thank you. Um, but everyone's got robes on. I mean, like. Yeah. And like layered robes. These aren't just like single, you know, like your graduation robe. Like these are like. Right. They've got folds things going and on. Folds. folds and ropes yeah. and. There are, <laughs> there are no curtains left at the Von Trapp residence. <laughs> or, or Tara. residence for that matter. Yeah, or Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing left. Got all the windows down. Um, yeah, especially when you think of early Star Trek when they could afford that kind of fabric. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as evidenced by most of the costumes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a strip of aluminum foil. <laughs> yeah. Girls. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't slip. <laughs> we'll glue it to you. How does that sound? Um, yeah, lots of robes. Um, and then the, the crew had the crew had bad bad Oof. bad costumes. You mentioned Kirk? the the leisure suits. Um, yes, Kirk had a lilac blouse on. Yeah. It's a bold statement. And... But at the same time. If you're gonna wear it somewhere, wear it to 1986 San Francisco. True, true. I mean, you're not gonna get made fun of there. Uh -uh. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and then wear see. that in Chicago, and you're gonna get your face punched in. We're in San Francisco; <laughs> it's gonna be fine. <laughs> um, Sulu, I was wearing a gi or jammies. I, I could have just been jammies. Yeah. Chekhov looked the most normal out of everyone. Yeah. And in the, in the doc, he had like a suede number. Yeah. Wearing, but he did have an ascot. He had an ascot, which is not everyday streetwear. It's, it was much. <laughs> I think that was extra. mostly to hide like extra skin on his mm -hmm. throat. <laughs> it, was, it was extra, all right. Um, so we had that. We had um, garbage trucks in the in the 80s. Oh, yeah. and this It was pristine. It was white, like yeah, it was the and cleanest the, garbage truck I've ever seen. And you get some garbage man banter. Oh, like, there was banter. <laughs> that was a thing. Uh, I, was, I went down the street the other day. <laughs> yeah, my wife was blah blah blah. I, I mean, it's. I've been thinking about like think about it. There, there is quite a bit of like. Let's let's see what the trashman's take is on something. Yeah, eighties movies. Yeah, what's yeah? You're right. That was often in eighties movies. Yeah. And I, I've never put it together until just now, but it was oh, a yeah, thing. It's, it's so true. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> huh. Um, the Okay, so my next tech is they show an Apple computer at the factory. They do. Old Apple. It's the first Mac, actually. It was the... Ooh. Yeah. That. As, as Scotty sits down to begin trying to work on the computer. Yes. <laughs> Um, How about the uh, Klingon bird of prey tech? 
Yes. The, well, part of their problem is, is they slingshot to the sun and they decrystallized the dilithium crystals and the. Yep. It's those bad Klingon dilithium crystals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah a lot of, they obviously like, didn't invest in good Klingon dilithium crystals. No, they, it's got bristle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of like. Like the second cut. It's not. Yeah. Really <laughs> it's what's left over. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should gather this stuff up too. Yeah. yeah. Like we could sell it to the Frangi. Dilithium <laughs> concentrate. Yeah. Where you have to add water. It's like unleaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's or like uh, powdered milk, you know? It's like it never really mm-hmm. comes out like milk, you know? <laughs> yeah. To be fair, they did push it quite to the limit. They did. And then they injected it with radiation from a nuclear warship now revived them yes they recharged them recharged them but so like a battery about that uh, is it like early lithium batteries is it like the dilithium <laughs> i don't know i think they're uh they need like and, and this puzzle solves by spot 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 solving all the puzzles he does oh i just shattered when i said that <laughs> Anyway. Spock, Spock, Spock. He solves all the puzzles. But the, the, they have some mumbo jumbo back and forth about like, we can't go anywhere. The dilithium crystals are drained. Well, where are we going to, well, a nuclear power source could recharge it. Like, are they collected in a tricorder or what? Yeah. <laughs> Is that, are you kidding me? Like yeah. They, the, a tricorder or whatever that was. What was it? What you they know? were scanning them with? Yeah. yeah. Photon collector. Yes. Sorry, a photon collector. Because they carry those around? Well, they had a on the ship. Maybe because that's part of the Klingon deal? Maybe that, well, you know, the Klingons have redundant organs, right? Okay. Like two hearts and a couple of kidneys, like a couple extra kidneys and extra lungs and that kind of stuff. Spinal cord too. Yeah. So maybe they just have photon collectors because their dilithium crystals are bad and they need to be recharged on a regular basis. Or, I mean, do, I've never heard of a dilithium crystal getting drained before. I mean, they've shown on on Star Trek a couple times where like a, a crystal breaks. Yeah. Did they fix it by nuking they just it? <laughs> okay. Well, that's the Federation for you. We're going to afford yeah, it, I they guess. Got, they got the resources, right? Um, wow. So apparently you can recharge a crystal. It's Klingon crystal. I didn't know if it was dilithium. Maybe that's the difference. Well, they said dilithium crystals. So oh, did they? Those faulty Klingon dilithium crystals. <laughs> so that. The photon collector is from the bird of prey. Yeah, yeah. So it must be a thing. It must be a like, common thing. So the the whole, the whole, Jeff, the whole thing is to get to get checkup on asking for a nuclear vessel. Like it's the whole. It's a. It's the long con. Yeah. They, in order to get to get checkup on a ship asking for, you know, stealing nuclear fuel, you had to like, re- I feel like you had to reverse engineer that. 
kind of almost had to, I think. Because I really think the point was getting checkout get there. in yeah. that spot. Nuclear so, whistle. So the, 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 the photon collector is traveling at the speed of plot as well. Yeah. Yep. I don't know that. Have you ever heard of that before? Not before this movie. Yeah. Nope. Because um, otherwise it was like, oh, just throw one of our extra crystals in. Got it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I mean, anything could have gone wrong. <laughs> anything could have gone wrong. <laughs> um, so there's those bad Klingon crystals and the photon collector. Yes. But wouldn't they have just been able to like open a photon torpedo? Do they have those on the vertebrae? Seems like a lot of... Why wouldn't they? I don't know how big those things are. They're not as big as a starship. Maybe they only got phasers. But they like put Spock in one. Not on the bird of prey. Not on the bird of prey, but on on the Enterprise. Jeff, read a book. (laughs) Will do. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, of course. I don't know. Just supposing if they had photon collectors, maybe they could have a photon torpedo. True. <laughs> that may um, be what the real purpose is. So we don't know. They might have hacked that photon collector. Could be. Could be. Or maybe that I, that thing is not a photon collector, but had an app for photon collection. <laughs> so maybe it had a multi-purpose tool. Yeah. You can turn on the app for the photon collector. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Yeah. It's also a tricorder and a protoplaser as well for surgery, like field surgery. <laughs> that that thing. Yeah. That there was like yeah. they had all those different apps on it. <laughs> the multi tool, the Klingon multi tool. We finally meet it. It's the Klingon army knife. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it, look like a knife at all, but it no. has a lot of purposes. <laughs> um, cloaking device is used a lot. Yep. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't have been able to hide. How did they keep it on if the dilithium crystals were bad? Because wouldn't that be draining on the power? They wouldn't need to use the life support. They just have the hatch open. Yeah, just pop the hatch. So, okay, there's that. I mean, it's not like they're needing their view screen when they're, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they hear, like, Kirk, pound, pound, pound. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so I can get I can move past that one. That's fine. Um, I'm sorry. Did I did radar too rowdy? Radar technology. Radar they, technology? They, they just they t- they tuned in on radar technology to find the whaling ship. Oh right, it had a signal. Yeah, it yeah. had a signal. And again, Yahura, knowing the Klingon bird of prey instrumentation so well, was able to. <laughs> She's a genius. She's a good communicator. <laughs> she knows Klingon. I imagine if. At least from the the new set, right? She's she's an absolute genius. Yeah. In in my book, um, yeah. I'm trying to think here. Some other tech. Well, uh, Spock did tear his rope to make a headband. It's true. It's more fashion tech, right? Yeah. Just didn't want that to go without saying. And he uses his neck, he uses his neck pinch tech to uh, subdue the punker on the bus. Oh, yeah, that. You just remember, (laughs) like, in the 80s, 
everything. People were always fighting. All the time. The subway, on the trains. Trains, subways, and buses, man. Like all the time. We're gonna get mugged. Somebody's gonna just be rude. That's the problem about why the United States doesn't have good public transportation. <laughs> we can't be trusted to ride a half an hour together without fighting. No, there's gonna be a fight breaking out somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've recently experienced that kind of trouble on a train. I think people are, I don't know, a little bit more post 9-11 best behavior in public transit zones because of all the security hope. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love that stuff though. In the movie, it's great. Um, yeah. Although from, you know, from there's one problem I have with, I guess, navigational tech um, in the movie, they're driving all over mostly what looks like one part of San Francisco and getting to all these other places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. San Francisco is not an easy town to navigate. (laughs) Like firsthand, that was where I had my driving lessons was in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, it's not fun. No. No, no, no. (laughs) And there's hardly any flat stretch. (laughs) Right. Right. It's it's uphill all the way. (laughs) Yeah. Or a very sharp downhill. Yes. But they do find their way to the USS Enterprise. It's a nuclear vessel. It's a nuclear oh, yeah. vessel, you guys. And it is the Enterprise. It is. <laughs> and uh, uh, communications tech, uh, scientist lady says that Kirk has a pocket pager. Oh yes, her his communicator. I had that, I had a note about that. I wasn't sure what happened there, but you're right, they're at dinner and his, they're trying to pick page him on the communicator not page him but ping him ping him they're They're like captain come in he has his pocket pager (laughs) and he very naturally is like i told you not to call me at this number like like come on seriously (laughs) (laughs) you want me to believe that we don't know that russians are a problem in the 80s uh, yeah. that the crew doesn't know that and that, but yet disbelief here again but Kirk can say I told you not to call me at this number like that's that even people don't even say that anymore now no it's really a movie trope yeah. Isla, you're gonna be fine it's just a sound outside my, my dog gets a little scared when she hears fireworks sounds so. fireworks for Father's Day I don't know. It's summer, so everyone thinks that it's just time to light fireworks off for some reason. Yeah, yeah, my dog does not like them. No. So I try to comfort her. (laughs) You're doing fine. Yep, you're okay. Good boy, girl. Good girl. Yeah, good girl. Yep, you heard? Good girl. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's the pocket pager communication tech. There is um, Chekhov's gun doesn't work. His phaser doesn't work in the ship. Oh yeah, yep. He just yeah, his as he's draining, he's spending a lot of time right next to the nuclear reactor, draining the power, yep. which the people on the ship notice. And there's a spike. What's going on here? 
Yeah. yeah. They're smarter than the people at you know Starfleet headquarters. They're smarter than Starfleet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 1980s Navy guys are smarter than the Starfleet <laughs> science yeah. division. Hey. <laughs> these navy guys i'm not saying anything disparaging i'm just saying i'm just saying they beat them they did they beat (laughs) they beat the people in the future yeah uh which i love i think it's great yeah any other tech that you can think of yes you have more tech well we mentioned that that's sort of jumping around um i i want to say the the one of the most exciting pieces of tech was the way old tech when Captain Kirk is holding the leftover pizza like a book to his chest. Yeah. Like, they didn't eat any of that pizza. <laughs> and then he's holding it up like he's never seen a pizza before. He's never seen a, a pizza. Which maybe that's the case. Because uh, I mean, he, he I don't know. I would think a guy like Kirk would be eating pizza somewhere. Yeah, but maybe not out of a cardboard box. Maybe not out of a cardboard box. Maybe he's used to the replicator bringing it out on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> Where is my knife and fork? <laughs> <laughs> What's this Michelob you speak of? <laughs> but and the, there is some uh, mind Mi- work. Mi- Michelob? <laughs> Michelob? What even is that? No, but there is some mind work. Huh. Like when our, our female marine cetologist cetologist what is it it's cetology is the the center for marine I thought it was cetacean center the what now but it was the cetacean center cetacean center so that's a little about to call Cetacianologist, whaleologist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, totally not related. While you're looking that up, I will tell everyone that the whales were problematic for PETA. They um, they had a lot of questions about how like, how the Star Trek crew was able to get so close to what they perceived to be real humpback whales. Oh, yeah. fact, they were practical models. Um, it was all animatronics and four foot long models that the um, special effects team made that like had like real moving parts in them and, and blow holes and things like that. Um, and then they used some stock footage. Not, there's not a whole lot, but they used some stock footage as well. But a lot of the scenes where you see a whale swim by was really just on a model. Uh, but they looked mm-hmm. so real. Like they when that fin comes up out of the water past the ship, you're like, that's gotta be a real whale. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Cytologist. Cytologist. There you go. So our cytologist. Yep. Yeah. And they, there was, you know, there was, wasn't there a, a little bit of showing off of maybe Greenpeace? Oh, and some of the background movies that yeah. she's showing when she's talking about very passionately how important whales are to the world. Yep. And of course, she sounds like a lunatic. They well, they kind of make her that way, right? Yeah. Her whole kind of tenor and cadence changes a bit. Yeah. 
It's very high strung. Passionate. Shrill. Other things I just wanted to mention, Plexicorp. Plexicorp? Then the place where apparently transparent aluminum was invented. There you go. And um, <clears throat> also he was wearing, the owner of this company was wearing a big button that said, I quit smoking. I saw that several <laughs> times. I love, I loved that. And I loved um, how it was like, he was like a like scientist slash owner, Mr. Rogers guy. Cause he had that sort of cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, you can tell he's like, I've got a business. It's a small business, you know, but we're proud of it. Yeah. And I know what I'm doing and very competent. And, yeah. uh, and then he, you know, the thing is when they tempt him with this, he's like, he takes the offer of course. And, and then you watch Scotty like, of course, cutely interact with an old computer and then just typing the heck out of a chemical matrix that was just in his head. Like, well, lines and lines and lines of a formula. Yeah. Now, I mean, does Scotty really carry all that around in his head? I hope not. Because he's got a bunch of other things to do, like keep a ship running. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd buy it if he had, like, sort of amped it up by putting a clear plastic disc or whatever they use in Next Generation. Like, if he had somehow connected with that computer and was able to tap into a, a big database of chemical yeah. compounds and drawings and renderings of all this stuff. But he's like, just slapping that keyboard around. <laughs> I know, and it's creating images, like 3D images and stuff. I'm like, I don't think so come on well that, the first apples were very powerful computers jenny <laughs> oh sorry i forgot <laughs> never mind <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i think on the on the scale of tech there's just there's such really fun tech in this it's not hit you over the head too much, except for maybe the computer <laughs> rendering of the transparent aluminum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of fun stuff in this. Um, even the Klingon Swiss Army knife of the future. Yeah. Um, that's apparently capable of anything. Yeah, um, I did have a question for you. Yeah. Um, at the end of the movie when, uh, what is her name? Trish? Sure. Okay. God, I should know her <laughs> name. Like, you literally just watched the movie. Um, all I can remember is Welcome to Wonderland, Alice, is what somebody says to her when she leaves on the ship. Yep. <clears throat> but then when they go to beam him on, he's leaving her behind. And she like jumps up into his arms and beams with him. Yep. Like, is that a thing? Like, can they do that? Would it work? I don't think the <coughs> thing because you you have to be able to like isolate the patterns. Right. We talked about the transporter episode that we did. Like you have to be able to separate people so that you can like I guess in the in the grand scheme of it's Jillian, by the way. Jillian. Um, you have to like keep their patterns distinct so that they can reform. Yeah. The other side, 
And maybe with Klingon beaming technology, you don't have to, they don't care because everything's redundant. Yeah, I guess that's what we can fall back on. It's like, hey, this is not Starfleet tech. This is it's Klingon. Tech. They're a little bit more <laughs> maverick. Yeah, like they're not going to let you isolate to your pattern. If you're getting trampled by something on the way and you're beaming, it's coming in with you. It's and coming it's, with you yeah. and you're going to have to live with it. Yeah, you're going to have to fight it or die. Yeah. Try it. Yeah, so um, yeah, so there's that. That's, I think, the answer to that is another speed of plot, I think, a little yeah. bit of how the Klingons well, manage transporter technology. So. Yeah, it's sort of like, I'm going to give you a little bit of Kirk being a ladies' man, and then I'm going to take it away. Yep. You know, like, it's kind of a, who's really in charge of this relationship, and of course. Oh, she is. She is. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no, there's no beating around that one. She's, well, she held the power all along. She did. Um, so Star Trek Four is all about her. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I'm kidding. Just... <laughs> Leonard Nimoy was so car- so careful to hit all the notes that he wanted to hit that I kind of feel just having known, like read about him and yeah, and uh, you know, learning about him all throughout my lifetime is like he had a very specific uh, moral pathway and um it just is all is all over this movie it's fun to see it yeah um, he's, his signature is stamped all over it it's very personal yep they're they're home sweetie i know you hear them <laughs> so so what, do you want to wrap it sure yeah i just wanted to say that i would love to have either the the cure-all pill the doc hands out Oh, those hospital gowns that don't fly open those were a miracle yeah um because i've never had one that doesn't flap open <laughs> yeah yeah so that that's a little bit of uh and the, they did not have that technology in the 80s i'm sorry Mm-mm. and if they did why did they not bring it forward <laughs> right that was a little hollywood magic there so. <laughs> the magic of glue yeah <laughs> Um, I thought I found the tech to be dubious in this movie overall. Yeah, I think on the scale of tech, it's not maybe as high as some of the other things we've re- like we've gone through. It, yeah, it, this was way more heart oriented than science oriented. Yeah, um, and I think that's okay. I think yeah. you needed that contrast in there. So yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. They're home. There's Mr. Hey. Green. <laughs> so Alrighty. well you want to wrap it up then my friend yeah let's wrap yeah. it up let's do um, love this movie i'm glad Absolutely. we had a chance to have this fun conversation about it yeah i think i think the movie breakdowns are a lot of fun so hopefully if everyone else thinks so i think we should do another one um we've done first contact and we've done voyage home mm-hmm. give us a suggestion on the one you want yeah yeah so. I keep saying yeah, I, I, I just think that, like you know, it's it's really, I might cut this out, Jeff, but I just like I'm having this moment of, like we have a real, I would love for people, more people to listen, and uh, if if you guys could spread the word, it would be great. Yeah, and and I'm almost thinking about like getting it out there on LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, because uh, there's a, I mean, you and I are product managers. We talk about product in this a lot. Um, yep. 
And, you know, there, there's a lot of material out there for product managers and none of it's as fun as this. This is a lot of fun though. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it's, it's been great to, to talk about this, but um, you know, I think we have a unique take on the tech and I really like the movie format too, so. Me too. I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a good match. So. Well, I guess with, you know, horseplay leads to sick bay. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so. Behave yourselves out there. <laughs> yep. Everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Drop us a comment in the Facebook page. If you want us to, what movie you want us to do next and we'll yeah. talk to you soon. Or if you want to join us. Yeah, that'd be fun too. Okay. All right. Bye everyone. Bye.